0: Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, Episode, I think, 154, I think that's what we're on. Um, Today, we're going to jump into uh, some new topics, Uh, probably... this is this is a series i don't know how many parts it's going to end up being but this is a series i've been looking forward to doing for quite some time and it's a very in-depth topic uh probably an endless topic really um and that's exercise science kind of making a case for exercise science i'm very biased about that um and we'll talk about that but um before I jump into the topic today, I want to again remind you all, uh if you do like our content, uh please uh do a couple things for us. If you would like this episode, share this episode whether that's on Podbean, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, or or on uh iTunes, wherever you're listening from, uh we would really appreciate the like. Um and the follow, and the rating, if, if possible. Uh, again, we we just, it really helps us to get our podcast out there. Um, we hit another milestone, although we're on episode 154 here. Um, a couple of episodes were not published on this platform, Podbean, but Podbean just recognized us for our 150th, uh, 150th episode. They gave us, you know, a little badge, which I know is seemingly insignificant but it's it's a testament uh to the fact that they're a good company you know for hosting our podcast and really helping us to get it out there the more likes and and uh interaction we get and follows that we get via podbean or itunes it doesn't matter helps us uh, helps them or i should say will entice them to promote our podcast Uh, and suggest it to other people who have similar interests. So that that can really help us, um, something quick and easy. Um, Also, don't forget uh, on the website, there are uh, programs right now available in the weightlifting category. Uh, We've got a few on the way. Uh, In fact, um, I hope this weekend, uh, that would be the, I think, October 22nd or 3rd, uh, Will be uh, there'll be a couple new programs up on the platform uh, for sale, and also our Patreon, one dollar a month gets you free programming. Uh, so all these all these things are are, are awesome. We're excited about um, uh, putting all this content out there. We've really been ramping it up, and it's been going well. Um, and so now I kind of I want to take the time to really dive into a topic that's near and dear to my heart. And that is exercise science. Now, just just for reference, um, you know, I'm 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 pulling some stats and some information. I'm not going to quote a whole lot of people. But the information I'm getting in case you want to go look at these books, uh, the NSCA uh, textbook, uh, their CPT, Certified Personal Training textbook, and their Strength and Conditioning Essentials. Of strength and conditioning and essentials of personal training. Uh, that is, those are two books that I, that I reference a lot. Uh, the other one, which is probably for this particular topic that I will reference a lot, uh, is uh, the exercise physiology human bioenergetics and its applications by Brooks, Faye, White, and Baldwin. It's been for a long time the gold standard in exercise physiology textbooks. It's the textbook that I learned from. Back in the late '90s, and holy cow, we've come a long way since then. Uh, I do have an updated edition, <laughs> but at the same time, I still like pulling out my my old one. My my old one's the third edition, so it, it's been around for a while. Um, but it's a good text uh, to kind of gr- you know really in depthly cover exercise physiology and just exercise science as a whole. Um, so, what do I mean uh, making a case for exercise science? Well. Again, I'm going to try to keep this short. The, each episode, you know, uh, relatively short because I can talk all day about this. It's an endless topic, as I said. So I'm going to try to chunk things up. Like, you know, what do we really need to know? Why is this important? Um, and so today, I'm just more, more so, an introduction to this whole topic. So let me first say, I am not. Saying, I do not believe this. I do not. Uh, I'm not planning my my flag in any hill here. It's simply my opinion that having knowledge of exercise physiology uh, is super important to being a good strength coach, personal trainer, what have you. Now. Does that mean that everyone has to have a degree in exercise science? No, no, I do not believe that. However, over the years, and you've heard me say this every once in a while in a podcast before, and, and that's why this is something I've been looking forward to doing on, on a bigger scale here. You've heard me talk about how, you know, I would say 2007, eight, nine, 10, 11, in that range, maybe even into 2011, 12, There was a backlash against exercise scientists coming out of school and becoming personal trainers and claiming they know the greatest, latest and greatest ways to train people. When there were people that have been training people for a long time who didn't have any degree or any certification for that matter, but had yielded amazing results. I've talked about the example when I first talk, uh, uh, worked with um, Daniel Camargo, uh, Olympic weightlifting coach who, who did my USAW certification uh, workshop. You know, he doesn't, I mean, other than the USAW certifications, he doesn't have a degree in exercise science. He doesn't have personal training certifications or the CSCS like I have. He doesn't have the highest certifications. And so, he was, you know, we were just kind of chit chatting uh, over our lunch, and he asked me why I was even there. He's like, "Man, you know this. You've got to know this stuff way better." And he was not really being serious. He was, we were kind of joking around, but the point he was making was, you know, he was really trying to see if I was there for the right reasons. I, I, I truly believe he was kind of testing me in a way, and, and I and I feel I passed the test because I said, "Look, yeah, I've I've studied this. I've." learn about how to do this. And I've even done it for at that point, you know, eight, nine years, 10 years, somewhere in that range. But I I have a chance to learn from, you know, uh, an extremely accomplished high level athlete who's been at the pinnacle of the sport. And I have not, <laughs> you know, I can learn a lot from him. And I told him that I was like, look, I'm still, I'm, I'm in this to learn, to make myself better. So he was in a great, he is a great coach and a very accomplished coach, has lots to his, his uh, resume, but he doesn't have the degrees and in in, in, in all of that kind of stuff. And he could very easily turn that over into personal training and just do general personal training and probably still be very successful because he's been around, he knows what he's doing. He's had a lot of anecdotal anecdotal evidence, but he also is the type of person that will go and read and go and research. So I come back to my original statement you do not have to have a degree in exercise science to be a good coach however i think you have to have the knowledge that comes from that now some people say well if i could just go buy this book and read the book and understand the book then why would i need to pay for a a lengthy education and a very pricey education and to that i would say okay you probably have a point there you probably have a point there the one advantage to a formal education and all of this is, you know, you're learning from people who, you know, have studied this, have done the research, who are active in doing the research. And then you get to participate in some of that research. And it's kind of a think tank. You really get to, uh, um, I guess you really get, get your hands dirty learning the stuff. But the the kickback that we experienced, you know, ten twelve years ago, was largely due to the fact that some people were just a little butt hurt. We'll say that you know they were coming out, and you know, exercise science is still a budding uh, field, and it was growing immensely at that time. And so the the idea, um, um, the idea, <laughs> the idea is simply that. Sorry, getting text emails. <laughs> technology on my watch is great, but I keep getting emails. I need to take my watch off on podcasting. Um, <laughs> the idea is these people were coming out; they were learning. It was a boom in exercise science, and they were they were making waves. At the same time, technology was booming—YouTube and social media—and so a lot of these people were getting you know putting stuff out there. And without really ever doing it, and anyone who's been training for any length of time will tell you, if you take the basic routines that are in the basic textbooks, and then that's what you base your personal training on, you might have a little success with some clients that are completely raw, but there's gonna be a point where you're gonna have to branch out and do different things. And there's so many ways to skin a cat, as we all know. So that's not what the point of this podcast is about. Simply put, A lot of people were frustrated and a lot of people were saying, exercise science be, has become or is becoming, you know, this, this badge of honor that you come out with and you think you know everything, but until you practice it and do it, you don't know. And there were too many people that were learning about it, studying it, but not applying it themselves, either to a coat or to a client or to themselves. And I think there was a lot of kickback and a lot of animosity, but a lot of validity to that as well. Um, When I was started, uh, right around that time is when I started teaching full-time. I had already been teaching from 2008 to 2011, but around that time is when I went full-time at Ottawa University. And I remember having a discussion with the athletic trainer who was the lead faculty and developer of the curriculum for the exercise science program. And her and I had the same idea. We had, we read the same articles, we'd heard the same things, and we were like, you know what? We want our students to come out. We don't want them to have that label as people who know all the stuff but have never done it, right? So we wanted our, our students to have really good hands-on experience. And I really feel we did a good job with that. And any of my students who happen to be listening right now, I, th- I hope you guys know that you guys were very well prepared because Uh, Jen, Rayburn, and myself really made a point to make sure that you guys got some hands-on experience and and learned about a lot of different ways to apply exercise science, right? Now, going back to the text, going back to some of these books that I say I I, I like to reference, in particular, the NSCA and ACSM and ACE personal training books and the Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist book, those books provide kind of like the baseline knowledge. Like you need to know this to be a strength coach at this level or to be a personal trainer at this level. This is what you got to know. So some of them like the CSCS, you have to have an, an exercise science degree to even take that test because there are it relies heavily on physiology and understanding the systems of the body versus some of the other certifications where they do touch on physiology quite a bit, but you don't have to, Know it at quite the level uh, a strength coach would need it because obviously there's a lot of different things going on when you're training the average population versus training, uh, and you know, elite athletes. That being said, uh, anyone can get their hands on that book and anyone can read that and anyone can understand that. And I do feel that it is imperative that if you want to be a coach, you're gonna need to know these things, you're gonna have to acknowledge that that information. Is good for you to understand for the simple reason. I mean there's lots of reasons, but I, I'm boiling it down to this main reason. And again, as you know, I like to I like for you guys to have a take home point here. I, I really think that the, the main reason is you as a coach are going to be asked a lot of questions from your clients. Why am I doing this? Why am I not doing this? I saw so-and-so doing this. Should I eat this? How much protein should I have? Is creatine good? Do I need to take BCAAs during my workouts? Now, you can read articles that may be published by your favorite authors and coaches that just simply say, oh yeah, BCAAs are good for this and not good for that, and creatine's good for this, not good. And you might have like, kind of a position statement, if you will, from these people. But it is imperative in my opinion that you understand what those things do to the body. Now there's no way you can know every, every supplement that's on the market, you know, or every training modality that's on the market. But you should understand how the body adapts. So for example, a few years ago they're talking about, um, whole body vibration training, where you would stand on a vibrating plate and do squats or do push-ups or do things. And is that better? Well, they would put EMGs up to you and they would say, oh, you're getting a lot more muscle activation. So clearly that's better than just a standard push-up because I'm getting more muscles involved. And you could make that uh, argument. But you could also say from a strength coach perspective, You know is that something okay yeah I'm not saying that that doesn't work but is that going to be good for this so when a client says hey I've heard about this should I be doing that there's a place downtown that has one of those machines should I be going there is that optimal it says I can increase more muscle activation doing that and if you don't know enough to say well look yes that's true but that's great for rehab if we're trying to rehab this or trying to do this or we're trying to improve a very specific movement pattern or, or something like that. Whereas what we're saying is the, the practicality of using that may or may not be ideal. In other words, a place that has something like that isn't also going to have a regular squat rack and would it replace doing a squat at 80% of your max to build strength. Again, there's a lots of different variables and that's my whole point not saying that one is better than others or one is good or not, but you have to be able to tell your clients what that is and obviously you're not gonna know everything. So if something comes to your feet and you're like, "I have no idea what this is, you at least have an idea of the, what that is supposed to do and then you can say, this is kind of generally what what they're probably after. Let me do a little research and you doing your research means, not just reading a paper or reading an article about it but because you understand the basics of the physiology you're going to under, you're going to have a deeper understanding of how that implement modality you know nutrient or supplement will affect your client and you can give them a better educated answer than they could simply reading the same article but you wouldn't have that if you don't have an understanding of exercise science so again, I think that just makes you a better trainer. Really do. Now, I know a lot of coaches out there. I've worked with a lot of coaches that do not have a, uh, you know, a degree, a fancy degree or lots of certifications, maybe one or two here and there. Uh, A a buddy of mine, uh, Thomas Thatcher, um, who uh, has run a gym in Lawrence, Kansas for 10 years. I think it's Um, you know, he's, he's into MMA now fighting. He's, he's, he's a a lifelong learner. I don't know how old he is. I think mid thirties. He's a lifelong learner. He loves to just absorb knowledge. So he'll read all kinds of books, physiology books, textbooks. I remember when I was at, at Ottawa university, I gave him a ton of textbooks because I got a lot as a professor, gave him a lot of textbooks and he just absorbed it. So this is a guy that didn't have a lot of degrees, but, but knew that he needed to know that information to be a better coach, to have the answers for his clients and to help him understand all of the things that he's learned. It helps you reinforce what you know. So again, I hope the take home point here, I've got one other point I want to make in today's podcast, but I hope the understanding is that exercise science, is not something that you have to get a four-year degree in to be well-versed in exercise science to make you a better trainer. I do think it makes you a better trainer understanding exercise science. Whether you just read the books on your own and then talk to people, ask questions, or if you get that four-year degree. There's two ways of doing it in my opinion, but I, I think it needs to be done. In other words, let's just say you took the ACSM certified personal training test and you became a certified personal trainer. That book is very, uh, gives you a lot. It's a good book. It's a good certification. Long been considered one of the highest you can get as a personal trainer, but that's your jump off point. That's where you start, right? So where do you go from there? Well, then, then you, if you don't have a degree, then you go back and you say, oh, I wanna learn more about the endocrine system or about uh, you know, how the body processes food, You know, the digestive tract. So you go and you buy an exercise fizz book and you read that and you understand the body systems more so that when you do read an article about supplements, you have a better understanding of how they're absorbed, how they're taken in and how they're used because you're going to hear people talk about supplements using words like you know absorption and uh you know enzymes and all these different words and if you don't know what they mean you're going to have a really hard time then relaying that information back to your client right so you don't have to do that you don't have to have that to be a good trainer or to to be a trainer, but to be a good trainer and a trainer for the long term, you need to continue to educate yourself. If you come out of school, on the flip side, if you come out of undergrad with a a degree in exercise science and you get whatever certification you wanna go for and you get it, you have some knowledge, you have some background, you may even have some clinical experience based on where you go to school, you're ready to go. And that being said, you don't necessarily have the experience. You may, you may not, depending on what you've been doing the whole time. You may be a lifter, you may be an athlete, and have some understanding of how this stuff works, but you may not be. And so it does behoove you to put this into practice. Even if you don't have any aspiration of being the biggest, fastest, and strongest, you should at least implore some of these principles and understand how they affect the body by personal experience and then as you train you make adjustments and that takes me to my last point to today of today's section kind of part one the word science would indicate if I have a if I'm an exercise scientist whether you have a degree or not if I'm an exercise scientist the science part of it means I'm going to implore the scientific method, right? I'm going to take a hypothesis, an idea, and I'm going to test it. I'm going to have my you know my methods, the procedure, you know I'm going to gather the research and then I have a conclusion whether I support or, or, or reject my hypothesis, and then you move on from there. You retest or change the parameters or, or draw the conclusions you need to from that the idea is that's what it means to call yourself an exercise scientist. And I think anyone in this field should be doing that because if you come out with an exercise science degree and you say, well, I've just spent four years learning the the best ways to build muscle and the best ways to lose fat, the best ways to increase your VO2 max. And you go and you do those things with your clients. Sometimes you'll have results, sometimes you won't. And you need to figure out why you don't all the time. If you think you know the best way, it should work, right? Well, it's not going to because everybody is different. The human body is a complex machine, right? And as scientists, whether you're a a degree scientist or you're just a practitioner because you've been in the field a long time, your job is to see what's working and what's not working and make changes based on that because it's never going to work properly or not properly. It's never going to work the same for everybody. And we know a lot of things about the body when it comes to nutrition, how people take nutrition. It's, it's, everyone's different. The same diet plan is not going to work for me. That will work for everybody else and vice versa. And then same with the training regimen. You have to find out what works for you and you have to find out what works for your clients. You might have a good jump off point. You might have a really good place to start because of your degree or because of your years of experience, but everybody, no matter whether you have that degree or not, everybody who's in personal training should consider themselves a exercise scientist and the way they b- validate that claim is by gathering their evidence through their research, through their studies, and through their actual personal training um, uh career, you know, with their actual clients and themselves and make changes based on that and make, uh, learn from what has worked, what has not worked and continue learning and adding new things in. And I think that is where everyone in this field should, you know, come together and have that understanding. And I don't think there's as much of a, of a beef between people with the degree and people without the degree in the field anymore. It it, it it was really you know that was 10 years ago or so and and maybe maybe it lasted you know till a little bit more recently but but i think we're moving past that and i think that's good i think this is going to help us close that chapter forever as long as everyone understands no matter where you come from we still have things to learn and so over the next few podcasts my goal is to take exercise physiology and exercise science in general and let us have an understanding of what you need to know from these basic understanding of of the human body and how it works and where you can make changes for yourself and where you can make changes for your clients that might offer some better solutions all right that's all we're talking about today um i'm really excited about this so i honestly mark you know set an alert do what you need to do uh, but mark this one and 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 pay attention I think I've got a really good uh, lineup of, of podcasts in the next you know couple weeks uh, again it's a topic I'm passionate about a topic I've really been wanting to cover for a while and I finally sat down to kind of gather all my thoughts and put it out there so uh, here we go have a good one